understand? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? What? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you. What we got here is a failure to communicate. Welcome to the Uncommon Communicator Podcast. Your hosts, James Gable and Brandon Thompson, are here to bring you enlightenment to the topic of communication. Good afternoon, Brandon. Good afternoon, James. Here uh, we are. Yeah, do we? Here we are. We are both lamenting the fact that we have both received colds in the past week. Yeah, I don't know where you got yours from. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea where. So it's okay. Maybe our voices will be fine. Hopefully, ideally, I think it's fine. Well, that's yeah. I think they're great. Mine's yeah. fine. You so, sound good. Yeah. So if our voice sounds different, there's the context for why. I did notice there's a shout out to what's your aunt, and on that podcast, I noticed his voice was a little strained as well mm-hmm. on his on his recent uh, episode. So it's hitting all the podcasters. It's going around. Okay. Well, so at least we're not the only ones that are suffering. That's correct. Oh, in the great context of this, we are not the only ones suffering. That's my point. Okay. Exactly. What are we talking about today? Context. This episode is brought to you by context. context. Hashtag context. Please use context. Context is important. Please use context appropriately. Yeah, yeah. please just do. Do not do that thing where you assume. Because as we all know, what happens when you assume, James? You make a... Donkey out of you and me. Double asterisk out of you and me. Yeah. uh, There you go. An A asterisk. An A double asterisk. asterisk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Out out of you and me. Indeed. I've actually used that in in a sentence. Have you? Like I had my asterisk kicked. My asterisk kicked. All right. I don't think I ever used Very that. PG. It, it was always H-E, or H-E double hockey six was my big one. Because hell was a bad swear word. Back yeah, then. That, that, was the, that was the real kicker. I've heard worse out of kindergartners now. Oh, dude, they're, they're, they're pretty advanced in their, uh, <laughs> their four-letter word vocabulary usage. That's probably, nowadays. A, that's probably a worthy topic at another time where <laughs> vocabulary has gone. In the past, to where it is now, they have got to have done a some kind of a study on like childhood swearing, or just how soon children start to swear, or where it becomes like a part of their full time vocabulary. Well, it was always a thing to hide it from your parents, but the parents aren't hiding it from, <laughs> from the kids anymore, <laughs> so it's just out there. Yeah. Anyway, so there you go. Well, let's let me give a quick definition of context because I think it's really important in our communication. The idea of context, having the right context, and we're going to cover really how to interpret context for our communications. Are you giving a definition of what we're discussing to set up the proper context yeah, for the rest of the episode? We would just go right through it and they're like, why are we doing this? Yeah, because if you don't get the definition, then you feel like you're kind of just locked in la-la land without any like hard context holding you to the ground? Similar. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you're close. Got so it. thanks for asking the clarifying question. Very good. But within that definition, context is the setting within which a work or writing is situated. So it's really understanding that situation, right? Right. So, so what, what is a setting? A setting could be the place, the location. It could be a time and a place, a time and a place, right? That, that would be a good setting, but context provides meaning and clarity to the intended message. Mm-hmm. Context clues in a literary work, create like a relationship between the writer and the reader. You have to have context. That's laying out the story, right? Understanding the time and the frame, as you just mentioned, and also gives a deeper understanding of the intent and wherever we're headed with it. Right. The context is the who, the what, the why, the when, the where, and then possibly the how. Maybe not always the how, but, you know, sometimes the how. Yeah. It's definitely the time, location, and people are involved. Yeah. Persons or people, depending on the situation. Exactly. Right. So 
we've kind of been discussing why context is important. And, and just to put into a frame of mind, uh, and I kind of don't realize this at work all the time, but I will definitely like walk up to my baristas when it's time for them to leave, and I'll be like, all right, get lost, kid. And that probably, without context of knowing necessarily who I am or maybe my relationship with the barista saying that in front of like customers, sounds really atrocious. Or, you know, looking at them and be like, all right, you're fired, go. Like, depending on who you're looking at, that can come off as probably pretty bad. But the context is, is that, no, I just expect you to show up to your shift tomorrow. I just need you gone for the rest of the day. You know, clock out, you're done. I've also told them to turn in their gun and their badge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that applies to your barista role, yeah. right? <laughs> in these modern times we live in. Well, and that ties to the people portion of it. And that we are going to talk about context in relation to the time that it's given, the location, and the people. We'll break it down into some fancy college words as well, too. Okay. But really, in that idea of context, so many times we assume context when we're talking to people like you're doing right there. Or that people are hearing what you think they're here or you're not, we're not paying attention to it. I guess that's a better example of the context that you're giving it to those individuals. Turn in your badge and gun, like to put your latte down, turn in your badge, badge and, and gun, gun and step out the door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. That kind of a thing. So again, and to get lost in conversation, probably a lot of it ends up being context, right? Uh, you can make references or jokes to certain things and then it can just zoom over somebody's head, right? Because they don't understand the context that things are being made in. Um, right. If you have, again, if you haven't seen the movie that someone's referring to, you have no context. Well, and I've seen that with uh, some older generational, I, I heard somebody refer to it as a person that had more sunsets than somebody else. Hmm. That's very much a PG way of saying you've got some gray hair, but referring to things that I knew because we were of the same era Uh to some of our very much younger field engineers. And they're like shaking their head. They're agreeing. And I'm like, hold on a minute. Do you know what he's talking about? And they didn't because it was so out of context, that story that he was referring to, they had no idea. Yeah. Or like I was telling you, one of my favorite YouTubers, shout out to the chiseled Adonis. He does fake NFL game highlight commentary. So he, the game comes out and then he kind of just like calls individual highlight plays. But he calls Jameis Winston or Jameis Crablegs Winston because in college Jameis Winston got caught stealing Crablegs. You never would have known that. No, but like it, he just keeps bringing it up every time, right? But without the context of what Jameis Winston did, there it is. Kirk Cousins is Kirk family member cousins, but it doesn't always call him Kirk family member cousins. Sometimes it's just like back in Minnesota where we got a family barbecue. And if you don't know, that the last name is Kirk Cousins. Cousins being the key word. And then they're like, why is it a family like barbecue at in Minnesota? Why wouldn't it be a family barbecue with Russell Wilson? Because we want to let Russell cook. Or let Russ cook, as they say. Although he's cooking the Broncos right now. Yeah, he's toasting them. <laughs> they're getting toasted right now. Anywho, so what is the first term, or term that we're going to be using? Well, the first thing to look for is time. Also refer to in the fancy college word of the field. Let's understand the field in play mm-hmm. when we're talking about context, which is really what's happening right now. What's going on in this time or in the time that's being referenced? What social interactions are going in, going on? You know, what are the participants in this conversation engaged in? Mm-hmm. You know, if you walk in and make, we love all of football references or sport references. And we tie them a lot to work and a lot to leadership. Mm-hmm. But in reality, do those always fit with every 
every culture across the world, not necessarily, but it's understanding the field, the time, you know, looking back in the 1800s, how things were perceived is not how they're perceived now. So it's really understanding that time, you know, what's going on in the field right now. Yeah. Trying to read Shakespeare is a lot different than trying to read J.K. Rowling. Well, and yeah, you made a good point about the Lord of the Rings, J.R. Tolkien. Did I say his name right? Yeah, Tolkien. That guy was what? A he, he's an he's an Englishman first of all, and he's an English professor from England in the eighteen hundreds. He's a no nineteen forty nineteen hundreds, but yes, but he he's an old school English professor. So trying to read his book from a like from a modern day perspective, right? From like, I think I read the Lord of the Rings when I was in like the, the fourth grade was when I got through the first book, and trying to read that from like a you know what two thousand three two thousand four perspective. It's a lot more challenging than trying to, you know, I, I could read Harry Potter. Harry Potter was written at the same time period, right? Like the first three had probably come out by then, but whatever, right? They're all written around the same time, as opposed to trying to read a book from 50 years ago, written by a bloody English professor. <laughs> <laughs> he, he has a vocabulary, ladies and gentlemen, and he uses it. Yeah, if you've got to use a dictionary with an individual, he might have a very well-spoken I, vocabulary. There were a few times when I was reading those books that I would have the book right there, and then I'd have a dictionary right next to it, because back in the day, I did not have a cell phone, so it's not like I could just Google the world real quick. <laughs> well, and tying the idea of time fits into our daily conversations as well, too. When we're presenting these contextual things, you have to understand maybe the age of the individual or the time and era that they're talking about to really understand that you're interpreting that context correctly as they're, you know, telling their story or asking questions or having that conversation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. What's number two? The next one is the person. We've got to understand the person. It's called tenor, the tenor, right? Mm -hmm. Not the singer. But who's taking part in this? But also not the singer because basically their communication could be singing. So they could be a tenor singer singing and it could be important to know that they're a tenor singer singing. It could be. I've never been to an opera, but the Les Miserables, you ever heard of that? Les Miserables, show? yeah. I have, sl- I have seen the beginning of it at least a half a dozen times. Oh. And I've woke up at the end every <laughs> single time. I have never seen the middle of that movie. but uh, And that's, of course, the one with... Opera. Yeah. Not, yeah. They just sing everything. It's they not do. a bad it's, idea. It's all good. But really, what's the nature of the participants? You know, What are their roles? What are their statuses? Is something socially significant? We have to understand the person and where they're at to really understand the context of where they're coming from, specifically going back to that comment about the younger generation listening to the guy with a lot of sunsets telling stories. He had no concept of these individuals understanding what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. And he was one of those guys that could just kind of laugh on his own, Mm -hmm. uh, at his own jokes, those type of things. He didn't care if you were interested in it. But you really have to understand the person and whatever significant things are going on socially for them. Yeah. Well, and it's, it can be very much as simple as just understanding the individual's background or just your relationship with that person. Right. Um, where I, I've been told that I can come off condescending. Right. And, and I know that I'm sarcastic and I not necessarily, I don't think hubris is a good word to describe me, but I have been called con like I've been said that I comes off condescending. Right. And that is not, that's never my intention. And for anybody that knows me, I've been told, uh, well, this is a regular business. Like, once you know Brandon, like, it's not, it's not condescension. It's not arrogance. It's very much just the, it's, it's just, it's just Brandon giving the information. It's just how it goes. And, uh, but you need to understand the individual. You need to understand that Tanner. You need to understand the person giving the message. Really understanding that person, understand the person in whole. There are several people that I know 
that I know them well enough to know that their intentions aren't what how they come off. And that has to do with tone of voice, how just how they typically speak all the time, back to that idea of being condescending. I know that there's no ill intent in what they're doing because I know them. Mm-hmm. It's about knowing that person and the context behind it. And a lot of times with some other individuals, I'm like, I think you're blowing this out of proportion because I know that person. I know their intent. So that's about understanding context because you can be there and really be upset about, no, I think we shared this in an earlier episode where there's the texting, right? Reading and interpreting the context of the texting. This guy's like, yeah, great. And then the other person's interpreting is blowing up, right? And that's just taking the same words. That's the idea of not knowing the context that it was given because in that particular form of media, the texting, they were missing the interaction, the face, you know, all of that stuff that goes along with reading the context of it. Well, and we had a, we're having issues with writing in a book right now at work, which I, Brandon doesn't write in the book. So Brandon doesn't have these issues because I'll just tell it to your face and we're fine. You can, you can fully get, you can get all of the context of this message because Brandon's right there. Um, but one of our closers write, writes the book all the time, which is fine, right? Like, oh, the, it's great to have all that information and it's important that that information is shared. Uh, and people is the same kind of thing, right? People are just reading these messages entirely different than I think they're like intended to be read. And there was even one time, so, you know, the store manager is like, okay, look, I've got people being butthurt about these kind of things. So I'm going to have a sit down conversation with the individual that's writing all this, these messages out. And then the next thing that she does is she writes a message saying, look, this is not intended to be sassy. <laughs> and it really isn't. And she like wrote it in all caps because she's trying just the way that her brain works. And she's like, I'm really like, I mean this genuinely, not I mean this in a sassy way. And then like goes on to list whatever it was. And then the way that I was literally there the next morning when they read that message and he's like, oh yeah, put that in all caps. That's not sassy at all. And it's like, <laughs> homie. Like, stop. Like, she, there's no other way that she can communicate to you that she's not being sassy. Like, there's just not another way to do this. So they need to understand her as an individual in order to understand the context of the message and the point behind the message. And what's the last one? The last one is purpose, understanding the purpose or the mode and mm-hmm. how that's presented. And really, it comes down to, you know, how are they expressing their language? Are they purposely being persuasive in it? Mm-hmm. Are you interpreting it that way? Are they being expository? Are they being didactic? Which I just learned is oh, all wait, about. And what it's is the teaching, definition of didactic? It's teaching specifically like teaching of a moral. Okay. Right? And then, or is it rhetorical? Okay. Like how is this information being presented to understand it in its context? Maybe somebody could come across as condescending when they they're not purposely doing it because they're trying to be an expository trying to give you all the information trying to benefit you like purpose and intent was not to be condescending but it came across that way yeah and i don't ever want to say somebody isn't condescending because i've met plenty of them oh yeah there are plenty of people that are purposely doing it and they do it without even the condescending tone of voice it's like what just happened here no and that's a that's actually been it's interesting right but so mode is the is the purpose behind the words right when you read a uh like it's like when you read a maybe like a political article right like let's say you go on you're just looking for the facts so I mean, the, the one that gets thrown on the bus real quick is like Fox News, right? Like clearly Fox News has a bias towards them. If you're, you need to know that bias because that is context of their, of the, what you were about to read, right? Same thing if you went on to MSNBC, you need to know the context of their bias, know the context and the purpose behind the words they're putting out there. Same thing with their headline, right? Um, but back to your condescension thing. 
I've had the same issue where I'm trying to coach an individual and it's, and the best way that it is, I just ask questions, right? Like I want to know your thought process. I need you to get on the same like thought process page as me. So I just ask questions. Like that's all I'm doing, right? I was like, yo, why'd you do this? What do you think here? What's going on here? Right. And I'm not necessarily like rapid fire like that. Cause we just had a conversation about that in our last episode. We did. Um, but I, she's like, stop yelling at me. And I'm like, dude, I'm not yelling. I legit need you to answer these questions. <laughs> Like these are not rhetorical, right? So clearly the context of these questions or the, uh, the mode of these questions is she can perceive as she missing content. She assumed and or perceived them as rhetorical when in fact they were not rhetorical. They were, um, uh, what's a good, like maybe didactical, not really, not cause it's not really a moral of the story, but like legit, like questions. Like I, I expected an answer. Like it's not rhetorical. Like I want you to give me an answer cause I want you to think about what happened. I want you to think about what you did. I want you to think about like how you can do it differently. And then I want you to give me the answer. And the best way for me to do that is to get, is to ask the question. So you think about it and then give me the answer. She had no idea. She completely missed the mode of my questions. And that's what makes our communication so complex is you add in those biases. That was an interesting story when you talked about that person who was trying not to be sassy. And then that person still had locked in that that person is. Completely Even when sassy. they said, I don't want to be, well, now they're interpreting them yelling it in text, right? Yeah. Capitals is yelling. I learned that. That's With, with exclamation points. Uh, yeah. oh, oh, no way. Dude, you didn't yeah, mention no, that. Well, oh, she was totally being sassy. She was, no, because it really wasn't. She was just like, she's pleading with these people like, I'm not trying to do this, right? Like that was very much like those exclamation points are more like frustration as opposed to like sassy. It's just, it's like, this is what this is. This is not at all with the way you're reading this at all. Stop. Well, and I get that. And I think that's where those biases come in, where we have to take it in context. We also have to put those aside to really understand what is that person's intent. That's about understanding context in the form of when we talk purpose, mm-hmm. what's the purpose, what's the mode, what's the person reading that person completely. How are we understanding them and really trying to improve. And if we're being good, uncommon communicators, we're helping facilitate those conversations. We're helping those individuals improve by guiding them and helping them see themselves, have that enlightenment. And then in addition, understanding, you know, the time frame that you're at, those three things can really help us bring it into context to help us communicate better. Yeah. I kind of almost wish that you could like a movie, if you could just like watch yourself as a movie, like there's like a camera over your shoulder, like a bird's eye oh, view, please right? No. Well, no. But so <laughs> think about it, right? So j- j- just come come down like little Brandon Lane with me here for just a moment. Um, so if you were able to do that, you would have the full context of everything around you, right? You would have your you'd have your setting, you'd have your time, you'd have your place, you'd have the view of all the other people around you, right? If this is like a bird's eye, just kind of over your shoulder, you would be able to see everybody's reaction. And everybody's been right. Like a movie cuts from side to side. You would be able to get those quality. You, you, you'd have full context because the full story would be getting told. And, but you don't because you've only got like your end of the story. You only have your context that you then, and then you then need to infer, not assume or maybe didact, come to the conclusion, right? You need to use your context clues. You need to be a bit of a detective here. Use the clues to get to the right conclusion about these, about the context. I've ran into several police officers recently that love the cameras that they wear, Mm -hmm. the body cams, because that allows them, this is what's going on. They believe they're doing everything correctly. Here it is, you know, for everybody to see it in context. Mm -hmm. But they said every time, what's the news going to do? They're going to play the clip 
without seeing the rest of what actually led up to that situation. Mm -hmm. So that's about seeing context. And what I thought was interesting, this is just useless information to you. Some of the frames, like the frame uh, of the filming of them, they're not like, it's not a hundred percent. It's like any movie that you watch. And there was one in particular that when it, it was going through its cycle of frames, it never saw the shot. Like, cause a shot happens in, you know, less than in a, a second, split like second, a practice, right? Yeah. So the frame never saw the shot. It just saw the person going down. And I had never thought about losing that context for them. That was one of the, probably the most important reasons to, uh, under- have it. Yeah, yeah. understand it. And that part was actually lost, but it kind of told a story to me how we often miss context because we're blinded by stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we're, we're cycling through even within our mind. We're not we're missing the context that somebody is really trying to relate to us almost. I don't want to say on purpose, but kind of subconsciously. Mm-hmm. When it, I was like, you want to go back to uh, body cams, and whatnot, right? Things that get filmed on a regular basis and then they get shown on air somewhere. Right. Again, this it's gotta be a short little bit. Uh, Starbucks had the, in Chicago when the two black gentlemen got arrested, right? There's two hours of context that gets missed beforehand. <laughs> Like these, these dudes have been chilling in the lobby for upwards of three hours. They never bought anything. Just using the Wi-Fi. Cool. Not here to hate. But just like a lot of other restaurants or a lot of other places, they had a policy where, hey, if you want to use the bathroom, you got to pay for something. That's not a bad policy. It's not a crazy policy. These dudes apparently did not appreciate that policy and then decided to throw a bit of a fit at it, which or a fit about it, which is then when they come to the conclusion that like, you know, all right, fine. If you're going to cause a, a ruckus, a disturbance in the store. Then we'll escort you out. And if we need to escort you out using the police, we totally can. But then what part of the video is, or then what part of that three hour incident is put up on there was two black gentlemen being escorted out of a Starbucks via the police officers. And again, and but context, right? If you, if you miss the first three hours of that, then you don't understand the whole point. Well, bringing context down to understanding the time frame, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that, we have changed as a society from that point to where we're at now. When I was a kid, you go in to use a bathroom on a gas station on a trip somewhere. You bought something, even if it was a pack of gum or a candy bar. You always bought something out of respect for whatever that business was mm-hmm. because you went and stopped at the rest stop or at the gas station or whatever. That's actually a joke in the Big Bang Theory. Leonard's sneaking around with Penny, so he has to like come back into the uh, apartment at like midnight or whatever. So he's like, I went down to the bathroom at the gas station because we were out of toilet paper. <laughs> and he's like, and then Michelle goes, did you buy anything? And he goes, no. And he's like, here's $2. Go buy a little Snickers. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. That's exactly the point. Yeah. But, but that, that culture that I grew up with has changed to where what we're talking about now, there's that expectation that I'm going to sit in Starbucks and use Wi-Fi, which pre-internet, right? This stuff costs money. Mm-hmm. You're free to use the Wi-Fi, free to use whatever you want. There's an expectation that that stuff is now uh, entitled to me. And that that has changed our society. So we have to interpret it differently mm-hmm. when we look at those in the full concept. We, we have to look at full the, context. Yeah, we have to look at the societal context that this is all occurring in. Yeah. As if that, that would be the um, not the mode and not the tanner. That would be the um, field, the field, right? Yeah, the time. You, you need to understand the field that it all takes place in. That's correct. Yeah. So just in kind of quick review, we covered field, tenor and mode. Those are the fancy college words, right? Mm-hmm. You broke it down to pretty simply time, location and people. If you can understand those three concepts in understanding context, 
then you're going to be well on your way to have a better understanding of what those contexts are and those conversations. All right. So now that we've kind of done our recap, what would be a good solid UC moment for the week to move forward? Don't assume. Use context. Ah, yes. Because we don't need to be no asterisks around here. We do not need to be a big asterisk. That's all I got. (laughs) That's all I got. See See you. Bye.